Welcome to the Zero Fucks Podcast, the raw and unfiltered account of the journey to create your diet culture-free dream life and start living the authentic and unapologetic life you deserve from two girls who actually did it. Each week, Don Michaela, the founder of the Mindful Eating Revolution, and Lonnie Mitchell, founder of the Weightless Warrior Academy, are bringing you guests, thoughts, and hot topics to help you bust through the limiting beliefs that have been holding you back and shed the emotional weight that has been holding you down. We're pulling back the curtain on how to reconnect yourself, body, mind, heart, and soul, take your power back, and free yourself from fear and self-judgment. Get ready to unapologetically follow your bliss every single day, giving zero fucks about what other people think. Are you with us? Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Zero Fucks Podcast. So this topic that we're talking about today is really near and dear to both of our hearts and so, so powerful because, you know, we've kind of been brainwashed to want all these different things, you know, want the car, want the money, want the this, want the that. And the question we're posing today is, do you actually want those things or are you only wanting those things because someone else told you to want them? And have you actually kind of abandoned yourself, your truth, the things that actually light you up, the things that actually make you happy? Have you abandoned yourself in pursuit of these things that are actually incredibly out of alignment for yourself, your soul, your heart, your mind? Um, Are you trying to just seek validation in things that are shallow, that are never going to give you that true reflection back? Um, And are you no longer even seeing yourself truly like you're seeing this fractured version of yourself. And so that's what we're diving into today. And really like, how do you break that pattern of, of doing that? And how do you come home to yourself and really start living in that authenticity? So Lonnie, um, my first question to you is like, in what ways did you lose yourself? Like in what ways did you, you know, get out of alignment and like what kind of goals, dreams were you chasing that took you away from yourself? I think when you asked like, how did I lose myself? I had a completely different answer just pop into my head. Um, In terms of my dreams and stuff, I wanted to be in that high rise with that manager title and the nice office overlooking the city and you know just walking in like hi this person hi that person you know you you have that that power role and you know that you have more say in the company right because it's so easy to feel like you're just a number in a company um so that was kind of my dream but deep down I knew I I was meant for more. So I always felt off, if that makes sense. But in terms of really losing myself, I think I lost myself most when I became defensive. And I think, yeah, I know we weren't planning on necessarily going that way with this, but when I I love that, that, it just... I got goosebumps when I said that. (laughs) Because like we all get teased in some way in high school, right? So I remember I was always this nice, like sweet, outgoing girl, but I was quirky and people would start to be mean to me. And then eventually I was like, well, f- 
fuck it. If you're going to be mean to me, I'm just going to become a bitch then and be right back and try to be the tough person that you don't mess with. And then I got teased even worse. So then I tried being super sweet, still got teased. And I'm like, what do y'all want? I can't win here. What's going on? Um, And so I just ended up building a defense mechanism and stuff. Like I had a friend once say, hey, I waved to you in the hall earlier. You looked right at me, but you didn't say anything. Like, are we okay? And I said, girl, I did not even see you. I have blinkers on when I'm walking. Like, because I just, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to look at anyone in case it brings any attention. And then I get bullied or something. Um, So I ended up becoming a hard ass and kind of cynical and this F you attitude with a chip on my shoulder. And I hated it. I hated who I was because I knew that's not who I was in my core. But I also didn't have enough awareness to realize it was a defense mechanism. And so as I started my spiritual and healing journey, I was able to unravel that. And we're, we're titling this episode, come home to yourself, right? So I started unraveling that and coming home to that person who I knew I was. There was a reason why I was so unhappy for myself. It's because I was acting in a way that wasn't true. And so for you guys, I want to encourage you think about who you were as a child and what kind of things brought you joy? How did you move in your body? Did you even care about, you know, necessarily how you looked as you swam? Probably not, right? And so how you were saying we stop ourselves from doing things in, in diet culture, right? We might love swimming, being at the beach, but we stop ourselves from experiencing that joy because of society's expectations of how we should look in a bikini or we shouldn't wear this, we shouldn't wear that kind of thing. Um, So just go back to who you were as a child. Were you curious? Were you more shy? Were you more outgoing? Whichever it is, neither is good or bad. Just who are you and come back home to that person, to your inner child and take away. It's like it. Ogres are like onions. That was a terrible impression. (laughs) But you have to peel back those layers of everything you're not that you've just built up in terms of what society told you to be and in terms of those defense mechanisms to get back to who you truly are. So what what was one of your defense mechanisms? So probably the and and first off, before I say it, I just want to say like I love how you brought up that like the ways that we disconnect from each other from ourselves and get away from ourselves is usually Mm -hmm. defense mechanisms it's Mm -hmm. like it's it's coming from a place of like not feeling safe not feeling wanted not feeling seen like something in us is acting from a place of fear and so it's like we put up these walls and before you know it, like there's so many walls. It's like, you're now in like a freaking labyrinth and it's just like, what, where am I? (laughs) Where am I? Like you've put up so many walls that it's become a cage and you, you can't move. So I love that you've shown a light on those walls were built from a place of fear and trying to protect ourselves, but it actually had the reverse effect and Mm -hmm. isolated us and turned us into somebody that we didn't necessarily set out to become. Um, so I, I really love that. Um, I think my main defense mechanism that I put up and it's, you know, it's so crazy how this sometimes get twisted, but 
you know, I was such a carefree kid. I was, you know, I grew up in a, you know, small town and, you know, small school. And so nothing ever really touched me until I, you know, really went to high school. And that's when I first had my, my first experience with sexual abuse. And that moment, like completely kind of shattered how I saw myself. And I saw myself as like, worthless and not wanted and not believed and not heard. And it completely turned my mindset into like, I'm only enough if a man tells me I'm enough. And so my defense mechanism became make myself as pleasing to a man as possible. And so it's like, I completely abandoned my identity, myself, everything that brought me joy and started dressing differently, started acting differently, started getting different friends, started putting myself in situations that I wouldn't now looking back, I'm like, that wasn't my jam. That wasn't me. Like, why was I going and doing these things and building this whole life that was so inauthentic to who I was. And it was like coming from that place of pain, coming from that seeking validation and just a completely abandoning like my femininity and just like you said, everything just became so hard and mm-hmm. strategic. And, um, you know, it was like just trying, everything was just a means to an end. Like I didn't care what I had to do or what I had to sacrifice. If just somebody would look at me and tell me I'm pretty or give me some kind of validation that it's like, I didn't care what kind of knots I had to twist myself in to get that one little moment. And, you know, then I found myself in corporate and then it's like with that mentality of like trying to run with the big boys, you know, then you kind of almost harden even more because then you like, you almost have to be one of the boys to make it in that. And you kind of start using like women are not viewed the same. We are not given the same respect. And it's almost like, okay, that's, that's your opinion. That's sweet. Thank you. Sit down now. Okay. So George, what, what's your thoughts on this? What should we do? Yeah. And they just like completely pass by you. And so it's like, you're either the emotional crazy lady, or you kind of have to turn into like the woman with big ass balls. Like it's like one of the two, (laughs) you can't, there's not a whole lot of middle ground. And so I went for the big balls version and I was just like, I'm going to be one of the boys. So it's like, talk about even more disconnecting myself from anything feminine, anything womanly. It was like, I was wearing the, the suits and the pencil skirts and also realizing I could manipulate men through my sexuality. And I could get what I wanted and I could get raises and I could get, but I would have to basically exploit myself to do that. And Mm -hmm. after years of this, like years and years and years of this over the last, you know, 10 years of unraveling this knot, this mess, this whole persona, this life that I built that was like, why am I so unhappy? And it was like, cause nothing you're doing. This life is a sham. Like, where are you in this? This is all an act. And like, who are you even doing this for? Is this even for you? Do you even give a shit about any of these dreams you're pursuing? And that was like a massive, like light bulb moment slash cue my entire fucking life falling apart. Like when you, once you have that awakening, it's like, oh God. I have a question for you. Cause my brother is kind of going through this thing of, you know, what society expects versus what we actually want. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he says or said was, that we get told, hey, 
here's the life path, do X, Y, and Z, go to college, you know, meet someone, get married, get the good job, and like everything's just going to fall into place. Did you feel like that's, you know, what you were going for, that you felt like everything would just fall into place if you followed these steps of a blueprint? Yeah, it really did feel like, and I think that was another version of abandoning myself, that since I was a kid, I've always, you know, danced to the beat of my own drum. I've never done anything the way anybody tells me to do. Like I've always had my own way of doing things. So completely letting that go and being like, I'm going to go after the thing that society tells me to want. I'm going to go for the blueprint and I'm going to have the job, the money, the car, going to meet the guy. I'm going to have, like you said, the corner office. And I was so convinced that like, once I had that happiness was insured, security Mm -hmm. was insured. I'd have the American dream. And, you know, I was still kind of in the mindset that having the perfect body was part of that too. So I was like killing myself in the gym still at this point and still, you know, on the tail ends of breaking ties with my eating disorder. So that was still wrapped up in it too. Um, and it was, yeah, it was this chasing this fantasy, a complete fantasy and complete illusion that happiness and fulfillment is, is at this point, if you get this, this life, fa-la-la-la-la, <laughs> everything's going to be hunky-dory. Your pain's going to evaporate. Your marriage is going to be perfect. You know, you're never going to need therapy. You're never going to go through any shit ever again. You're set. And I full-heartedly believe that. And I think that's why people double down and go so hard towards this because they really do believe that once they have that thing, everything's going to be fine. So they're willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Oh yeah. Why? I mean, why is consumerism so high in America? Because we always think, oh, I'm upset. You know what? This thing is going to make me happy. I need, you know, to to redo this or I need a new bathroom or, you know, hey, this is a $300 mirror, this is going to make me feel beautiful. And so, you know, spending so much money, like if you guys have ever watched that minimalism documentary on Netflix, they talk about this and the minimalism is essentially like stripping it down, right? It's it's sort of like the 3D metaphor for getting to the root of yourself and what actually truly makes you happy, which are experiences and feeling loved and feeling connected to others and being understood. Um, So Dawn, what, what was that moment like? What kind of led you to recognizing, hey, this doesn't actually seem like what I want. And it actually isn't quite authentic to me. Like what led you to that? And what was that moment like? It was a long process. I, I can't. Quite yeah, I shouldn't say, say moment. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was like <laughs> one moment where it's like, poof, my whole life kind of went up and well, I did. But you know, like poof, that that kind of moment in time when you look back and you can say, okay, it was sort of like this period of time I was going through my awakening, right? Yeah, I would say it was kind of near the end of my twenties, like starting right around twenty-seven or so. Um, I started like my whole life had fallen apart, you know. And I was 
in this period where it's like, I, it felt like shit. Like it, at the time it felt horrible, but now looking back, it was like, that was the universe, like forcing me to stop and like, look at yourself, look at your life. So it's like that process of sitting there. It's like, I'd lost my job. I'd lost my company, um, my relationship, the business I was building and my apartment all in a week. Oh, wow. And it was just boom. Like my life in San Francisco imploded in seven days and it was just done. And so I moved home with nothing, had nowhere to go, <laughs> no job, no anything. So I was living at my sister's house, grieving, just like sitting on the couch, just like, what do I do now? Like, do I go back to the city? Do I move home? Do I, what do I do? And so it was this period of like having to completely reassess, like, what do I do now? And I tried to go back to the city and every time I went, it just didn't feel right. Something in me was just like, no, don't. So it was a process of like, once everything was taken away, all of that consumerism, all of that material things, all my titles, all my everything. And I was just me, just raw. Um, it forced me to finally click in with my intuition because I had nothing else. Everything else was gone except my intuition. And every time I tried to go back to the city, my intuition would flare and be like, don't don't do this. And so it was like a process of slowly learning to trust that over my ego. Oh, there's, because, there's the kicker. Trust yeah. Cause my ego, ego had, my ego had just taken the beating of its life. Like mm -hmm. I was in deep shame. So my ego was probably the smallest it had ever been. And I think that was the key was I needed something to like cut my ego down to size to where my intuition could actually have a chance to breathe and to come forward. And so I'm like, now looking back, I'm so glad that that happened in the moment. It felt like you're going to die. Like, this is it. My life is over. <laughs> like I should just jump off a bridge. What's the point? Um, but that's really what it took. And in the next couple of years started, you know, going back to therapy to like, who am I? And in that unprogramming all the all the things that I'd been taught to believe based on other people, my family, and just slowly started unprogramming myself. But I think that was the, that was the thing was I needed a massive blow to my ego to break that fantasy and make me see like, this means nothing. It can be gone in a blink. You don't take anything with you when you die. Right. And I, I, I hadn't even considered that. I hadn't even considered that all of this could be gone in a second. Mm -hmm. And if it was, who am I underneath all of this? Like that hadn't even crossed my mind until it was gone. And that, that was a big wake up moment for me. You have to be very careful about what you place your identity with. Cause so often, and it's so easy to do in this world. So, I mean, for you ladies listening, do not blame yourself, but if you are placing your identity in your body, in your job, in your relationship, those things can all be gone in an instant. So, well, <laughs> you're, you're, you're with your body until you go, but you know what I mean? And so if say you have a massive breakup and then of course you're going to feel like, well, who am I? Because you place your identity in that relationship. So that's why it's really important to come home to yourself, learn who you are at your core. Yeah. What about you? What was your kind of moment where it clicked and all of a sudden you started doing a u-turn like what was that I literally did just have a moment and it was at my last corporate job and 
there's like a moment that led up to that. And I knew I wanted to help people in some sort of a way. Um, and I can't go into like too much detail because I don't want to out the company or, or anything like that. But pretty much I, being the business analyst, I get to see all the data and stuff. So I noticed like, man, like these people could be helped a lot more. We should do this. And then I was told, yeah, but then this would have to happen. And it didn't help the bottom line. Right. And so I'm like, well, screw that. <laughs> and then a few weeks or maybe a month or two later, um, I was just sitting there and I'm like, why am I so unhappy? Like my dad is gone. I lost my childhood dog. And like, I'm so quirky that before I lost my dad and my, my dog passed, I'm like, I have to be a better person and get rid of this bitchy attitude so I can go up to heaven and see my dog. <laughs> like that's awkward. <laughs> And then my dad passed. I'm like, okay, now I really have to take this seriously. Um, And I'm like, I'm trying so hard, but nothing's working. And then I realize I'm like, I hate myself. I don't love myself. That's why none of this is working. That's why I try to be nice. And I can't be nice because I'm not even nice to myself. And I'm in my own emotional turmoil. And then I'm projecting that pain because it's just overflowing. Um. And so it, it came to a point where my granddad, um, rest his soul now, but he had dementia and he was the one extended family. I was so close and he's my dad's dad. Um, and so I thought, all right, it's starting to get worse. I need to go spend time with him before, you know, he forgets who I am. So it was, we go back every year for my dad's memorial mass, right? Cause he's buried back home in Ireland. And I said, I'm going to quit my job, spend the month with my granddad, maybe do just a little bit of a travel, you know, excursion um, through Europe and then find a different corporate job. And cause you couldn't do FMLA with, uh, with grandparents and stuff. So I did that. And then after the trip, my, my mom had begged me to quit a corporate too. She's like, Lon, you just need to keep traveling and figure out who the heck you are. I said, yeah, you know what? You're right. So I went back to Belize, which is a place that I was earlier in the year. And it was like you 27. I'm pretty sure I was 27 at the time. And I went back to Belize, spent the month and I just dove into myself, read all the books the podcast, did all the journaling, everything. And it was just like light bulbs going off. And this is going to sound so crazy, but I even rebaptized myself because I had gone away from my faith after my dad passed because I was so pissed off. Like, how could this happen? And when people would tell me there's a reason for everything, which I very much believed before, and people would say that to me. I'm like, what, what is the fucking reason? Like I was so mad. And now I, I do believe that again, like there is a reason for everything, but I'd started refinding my faith and I'm like, okay, I'm going to trust God. I need to believe in myself. Um, so it was very intense, very raw, but it was also one of the best things because it, like, you know, yourself, it helps you come back to who you truly are and live life the way that you are meant to, because you're not meant to just come here and follow a blueprint. Society makes you think that, but that's why when people start tapping into the spiritual world and self-development, they realize 
Um, well, yeah, there needs to be some sort of order in the world so there isn't chaos, right? But it doesn't mean that we need to follow everything to a damn T, to a damn blueprint. We're so much individuals, but also so much the same in that we want to be loved. We want to be understood. We just want to be happy. Yeah. And everyone's happiness looks different. Yeah. And, you know, like the, one of the last things I just want to share on this was like one of the questions that I started asking myself just over the last couple of years and what has started guiding like where I do find my value, like where is home for me? Like mm -hmm. where is center? Where's balance? Where am I the happiest? One of the questions that I started asking myself kind of in trying to discover that is like, how would I find happiness and purpose if I was homeless living under a bridge? Oh, that's a good question. Like if I had absolutely nothing, not a roof over my head, not a car, not a cent to my name, no relationship, one pair of clothes, and I'm bathing in the river. What would I have? And that's when I was like, meditation, yoga. I, could, I can dance anywhere. You know, dancing, my breath work, prayer, being able to hold space for other people. Like if I could be that really cool homeless chick that gives out free therapy that it's like if you need free hug <laughs> I'm under the bridge I'll hug you I'll sit with you I'll listen to your pain we'll go swimming and splash and laugh and play like we're children like and when I started kind of really envisioning that life for myself like that back to basics and like you were saying of like go back to that childhood it's like what did I do when I was a kid it's like I didn't need expensive things I was frolicking naked out in the wildflowers singing <laughs> you know songs about rainbows and I was happy as a pig and shit so it's like okay get back to that that just that carefree where it's like I don't need labels I'm just so connected to the earth to myself to music to movement to people around me to empathy compassion inner peace and like okay what brings me that what could I do anywhere where can I go to find center and peace and balance anywhere that I am. And it was like, it wasn't until I really started asking myself those questions and then implementing those things into my life that I started feeling like me again. And like, that's what really started bringing me home was when I cut out all the crap and really just started getting back to the core of what made me happy and what brings me bliss and what brings me peace. I love that. I think that's a really... Great exercise. My mind immediately went to, I hope a dog passes by. <laughs> yeah, dog is like, you can adopt a homeless dog. You can be the, per like the, you know, homeless dog lady who, you know, she's got a pack of cute little puppers following her around, living under the bridge and you all sleep in a huddle, keeping each other warm. And you're like, I love you. I love you. You're so sweet. And you're just living under the bridge, living your best life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not that hard. Happiness isn't that hard. And I think that's, again, the illusion we have to break is that happiness is conditional on you achieving all these benchmarks. What's hard is breaking that conditional mindset. Yeah. It really is an illusion. Programmed. It really is an illusion. It's like when people talk about the matrix, it's like get out of the matrix, like deprogram yourself from the matrix. It's like, that's part of it. Of It's like this programming of like, this is what you should want. This is what's going to make you happy. And it's like, it's total bullshit. It's, it's a programmed blueprint of like this is what you should want and it's not even real exactly it can be gone in a second and I think one thing too and I heard this recently um is anytime you're having a negative emotion ask yourself 
who is benefiting from this. So like if you're feeling so fat and, you know, you're just wanting to binge eat, right? And then you feel even worse about yourself in a cycle. Ask yourself who's benefiting from this. If you are stuck in a job that you despise and you're desperately trying to save money, ask yourself who's benefiting from this. Because oftentimes, and I don't want to be Debbie Downer, (laughs) but oftentimes like the way society is set up is so that we are benefiting someone else through our actions. Whereas if we're going and following our own bliss, it's probably not going to benefit as many people the way that they want, right? So like for you and I, we went from corporate to becoming coaches. And so, yes, it benefits people, but it's in an actual positive way, right? And so it's not us working for someone else being miserable and it helps their bank account a lot more than, you know, it helps ours. And now we're able to help people and yes, we get paid from it, but at the same time, it brings us so much joy because we're putting this love out into the world and helping other people love themselves. And it's like, we're working together to raise the vibration of the earth. Yes, exactly. And I think that's such a, like the perfect place to end of Mm -hmm. like, yeah, of like who's benefiting. It goes to like how we're going to sign off of like, save your fucks for magical shit. It was like, is where you're putting your focus and your attention. Is this growing your magic or is it depleting it? Mm -hmm. I love that. All right, everyone. Well, as Dawn said, save your fucks for magical shit. And thank you for joining us so much on this episode. Please feel free to like post about whatever your favorite part was. Um, If anything resonated with you, tag us in it. If you guys have any questions at any time, if you have any questions, feel free to always reach out to us and we'll put it possibly in the next episode. Hope you guys have an awesome day. Thank you so much for spending this time with us on the Zero Fucks podcast. We had an absolute blast and we hope you did too. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone in your life who you feel needs to hear it, that would be amazing and we would be forever grateful to you. Also, please leave us a review if you feel moved to do so. We love hearing from you guys, so shoot us a message and tell us what you think, share your story, and what topics you would like to hear us bring to the table. It would really help us on our mission to help you. We'll see you guys next episode, and until then, remember, go out there, live boldly, unapologetically, and save your fucks for magical shit.